This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to Buckets. Long time, no time. And we're back with Billy Scafuri. You getting bucket buckets. Yo, it's been a minute. And we're back, bro. Summer vacay is totally over. Our team's lost and we're like, well, there's nothing left to talk about. The Knicks and Lakers aren't even in the playoffs anymore. Who's still playing? It doesn't even matter. Right. There were advertisers and they were like, you owe us multiple episodes. And we're like, yeah, Mm. the Knicks got bumped. Mm. Trey bumped us. Sorry. Sorry, Hawthorne. (laughs) (laughs) I will say the teams that we lost to are looking great. So... Our losses in the first round look a lot better now, three weeks later. You know, I wonder, is that true? Like, is that how you actually feel? Because I I tell myself that it's like, all right, well, we lost the surprise team right now. But like, ultimately, it doesn't feel that good one way or the other. Yeah, well, I feel a little good because the Suns might make the finals and the Lakers were very close to beating the Suns before Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis got hurt. So I could be like, Mm -hmm. oh, our team is still great. Right. If we just didn't get hurt, we'd be in the finals, which is what a bunch of teams think right now. And that's, I guess, a healthy approach. I'm a little bit more cynical, where it's like, who cares about the theoretical? I have no idea if we would have won in the second round. We got smoked in the first. (laughs) I don't think that, you know, like, the the truth played out. Imagine if Randall didn't play, then you can sort of convince yourself. It's like, yeah, we lost in four or five, but Yeah, I don't think you're hearing me. I don't think you're hearing me. Sentences that start with, imagine if, just don't matter, ultimately. When it comes down to did your team win or lose. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we're we're in the business of wins and losses. Well, not right. so much us, but the athletes. You're lucky that you hate a team as much as you love a team, and that team is still playing right now. So you do have like some sort of vested interest in an outcome. I don't necessarily have that anymore. Yes, that's actually a good place to start. I, I keep reading, there's like this, now there's like a Bill Plaschke article, an LA Times article about how the Laker fans should be rooting for the Clippers because they're from the same city. Yeah. And I'm getting some grief from mutual friend Ben Schwartz that I'm not rooting for the Clippers, that I take joy in the fact that the Clippers are losing, that mm-hmm. it's, like it's kind of messed up of me. But, yeah, well, that's also Ben's vibe with you. He will always yeah. find the thing that's kind of <laughs> messed up about what you're doing right now. <laughs> so uh, as a as a non-participant um, in this Lakers-Clippers sort of rivalry, mm-hmm. do you think it's messed up that Laker fans are rooting against the Clippers? Or d- does it make sense that's how rivalries work in sports? I think any fan can live whatever fan experience they want. I'm fine with a Lakers fan saying, I live in Los Angeles, I want to see my city succeed. And I'm also fine with the Mets fan who says, screw the Yankees. I mean, to each their own. I don't think that there's a blueprint. I I take issue with Bill Plaschke saying, this is what fans should do. Because you're just one fan too, Bill Plaschke. You just have a pen. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you, you don't tell us what to do. We will do exactly what we want. Thank you very much. But- but he's like, yeah, it seems like 90% of Laker fans are rooting against the Clippers because there, there is a rivalry now for the first time in this um, intercity relationship. I mean, you're a Mets fan. When the Yankees are in the championship, the World Series, are you saying, all right, let's root for the Yankees because they represent New York? Or are you saying, fuck the Yankees, I want them to lose? 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'll definitely root for the team against the Yankees. And that also <laughs> right. makes Yankee fans, when they win, that much happier. It's like Bill Plaschke <laughs> is giving way too much charity to a team that might not have asked for it. It's like, wouldn't you rather be in the 10% of Clippers fans who defeat the 90% of Lakers fans? And can that you could be in that small segment of look who stuck with it and won? That's, I mean... There's levels to this. Yeah, you want you want the hate. Like part of being a Laker fan is the fact that so many people hate you. It's fun to shut up the haters when exactly. it's as well. You don't want to be the Orlando Magic. They have no rivals. When they win, they didn't prove any haters wrong. Exactly. That's not as fun. Yeah, you're watering down the actual fandom of the Clippers by saying everyone should just go to the games anyway. It's like, respect the Clippers fans. It's like the Brooklyn Nets fans. We joke how they probably don't have an actual fan base, but it's like, give them five years. And, you know, they don't need the charity. (laughs) Knicks fans don't need to go there and pretend like they like the Nets. They don't. And that's fine. (laughs) You know, let the thing grow. (laughs) If anything, it's good. It's good to have a rivalry, I would think. I'm with you. And that's kind of where this conversation started, where it's like your Lakers got bumped in the first round, but because you have a rivalry, you now have vested interest in an outcome. (laughs) Okay, so let's start out West like that. Uh, I'm going to loft some questions at you. Um, We can take it from there. The Suns Clippers series. General question, do you think Phoenix will beat the Clippers in that series? They're up at the time of recording 3-2. Yes, the Clippers won in pretty convincing fashion last night. Paul George had like 40 and 10, the first time he's yeah. ever done that, on like 70% shooting. Um, yeah. The Suns are the better team, I think. Even with Kawhi or because Kawhi's gone? No, current rosters. Kawhi is sitting in a skybox, like 500 feet away from his coaches and teammates, which is hilarious to me. It's like, if you see something, are you texting Marcus Morris? Like, how are you yeah. getting the word down <laughs> to the bench? Like, this is what I'm seeing on defense. But I that mean, aside, yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, everything Kawhi does is weird, and it's like a fun wrinkle to have a superstar that's so unlike other superstars. Correct, the outlier. And I do have this sports hate for him because he strung the Lakers along and then chose the Clippers two years no ago. Doubt. Of course. Um, but it's kind of fucked up, right? Like, Yeah, it's weird. It's, 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 like, it's weird, but I think negatively weird. I think it's bad for the team, seemingly, to have your leader, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. like so removed from the game like still right. there watching and by the way Correct. not cheering everybody's nope. cheering he's stone-faced he doesn't yeah. seem to care <laughs> we can uh, we're assuming he's watching the game he might be yeah. like just totally tuned out <laughs> thinking about something else yeah exactly he's like and that mike breen call was very funny where he's like Kawhi's going crazy because the that crowd erupted an, and he <laughs> an all-time like booth moment I'll say this: the the best the best explanation I heard for why he would be so far away is if he does have a knee injury, he can't have a player diving for a loose ball and landing on his knee. But to that, I would say, sit three rows back, <laughs> like yeah. be in leaning distance to the to yes. the bench where you can exactly. lean in and explain yeah. and then get to your safe zone away from does the splash he, zone. I mean, maybe maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe he is there in the locker room at half saying, mm. this is what I saw from the bird's eye view, and I think we should mm. be here. But like, you see players like Chris Paul. Right. He's on the bench, borderline coaching the team. He knows Correct. what he likes, and he's been in the league for a while, and he's dispensing wisdom, even though he can't play. And Kawhi. even if Kawhi went to the <laughs> locker room at halftime, like, good, nice gesture. Like, with two minutes left in the fourth, I don't see Kawhi sprinting down from the skybox to get in the huddle and tell them what he's thinking then. With it's an like, idea. Yeah. Yeah. He's already, like, driving home at that point. Like, fourth quarter, he is beating traffic. Right. So here's my Clipper hate pro Lakers spin. Mm-hmm. 
is the fact that the Clippers are doing good with Kawhi, which I definitely did not see coming. I thought they would lose to Utah without Kawhi. Kawhi's mm-hmm. out. I just assumed they would lose. They keep mm-hmm. winning. It's very frustrating. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Mazel tov, Paul George. Mm-hmm. Is that low-key bad for Kawhi and the Clippers' relationship? Is it like a straight? Because he can opt out this year, and he sees them succeeding without him. He sees them playing with more joy without him. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of going to create, um, ruffle some feathers in that locker room slash uh, owner's box that he's watching the game in? I don't think Kawhi even knows what team he plays for. I don't think if you asked him what team are you on, he would know. I don't think he cares about the team, the jersey. I think there's other things guiding this, like the San Diego of it all. I think that he's just going to stay exactly where he is because Kawhi on that team is sustainable. That's a 55-win season most seasons and like getting yeah. deep into the playoffs. What the Clippers are right now is – hey, the sustainable constant is gone. Now it's just like full energy, Terrence Mann, (laughs) Reggie Jackson, like dial it all the way up, have some fun out there. So it feels different. That's not sustainable. And that's the key difference. So I think that Kawhi is staying. I don't think that Kawhi knows what team he plays for. I don't think he cares. I don't think he's like, Miami would be a better fit. I don't think there is a concept of fit in his kind of like outlook (laughs) on the world. He just shows up and wins. So... Would I, do I want this to end with him and Zion somehow on the Knicks next season? Yeah. So if you want me to say this is bad for chemistry, no doubt. Bad for chemistry. <laughs> well, what yeah. about this? Is Steve Ballmer slash Ty Lue like, wait a minute. We're pretty fucking good without Kawhi. Like, imagine what we could get for him. Could we make our team even better surround just Paul George with as much talent as possible? This is, is a crazy. This is this a is good a example. Stephen a. Smith. This is first this is, takes. Exactly. Cold this pizza. is yeah. This is recency <laughs> bias. Like you're yes. saying this that the Clippers are quote unquote so good right now after they just won a game by like ten to go down three two. <laughs> They haven't swept two series in a row and no. had like unprecedented defense and offense. They won game five going away. Like, congrats. <laughs> like, you still right. have to sweep the rest of the series. They're not that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's true. And it, I mean, it's, it's a numbers game now. They're just like, let's shoot 53s. And if 21 of them go in, we'll win the game. It's easy. Yeah. If Nick Batum, yeah. Luke Kennard, Marcus Morris is on fire, we're fine. Yeah, they're playing with house money. They seems like they've been playing with house money for most of the playoffs, which is the opposite of what the Suns have been doing. To me, the Suns have just been this consistently above average performing roster. And like campaign, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, yeah. these dudes are like they're role players. Like we could talk about their stars, but their role players are playing, playing at the yeah. peak of their Miles Bridges peak of their ability. Yeah. Same with DeAndre Ayton also playing better than I thought he would. And same with Devin Booker. And I mean, he has a his shattered nose, just like a big old fat nose right now. I mean, <laughs> I can't be comfortable to breathe through a mask while playing dude, basketball. As someone who's broken their nose four times and currently has a prosthetic nose. So I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm beyond noses at this point. The Whoa. nose that I currently have is a fake nose. Really? I broke my nose. Yeah. The third time I broke my nose or the fourth time, I can't remember at this point, um, the third time, because I still had a nose after that one. I'm getting somewhere. Um, <laughs> when you break your nose, the pressure that forms in your nose, around your eyes, your sinuses, everything collapses and stops. So you can only breathe out your mouth. So people are like, wow, that mask must have been uncomfortable. My man had like forces of pressure, like pushing into his face for that game. I have no idea how he came back to that game. Have you, when you broke your nose, did you have to wait? Like, you know, professional athletes wear a mask and just grit and grind their way through it. 
as a, I don't know, rugby player in college, are they also giving you a mask and saying player? They're like, you don't play for another two months now. No, broken noses are a lot like broken toes where they're like, there's nothing we can really do for it. But the last time I broke my nose, <laughs> all of the bones fell apart. Pile of dust, no nose left. And that's when they're okay. like... So here's here's a follow-up question, and this might be more anatomy than actual sports science. Sure. What, like, I look at a skull, and there's no nose. It's almost like the skull has, like, the beginning of a nose in between the eyes, Mm -hmm. and then nothing. So it's not a bone. It must be something else that's giving it this shape. Do you know what that something else is? Is it the same thing that ears are? I'm not a nose doctor. Not a nose doctor. I'm a nose breaker. All I know is that when when I do have a nose, it breaks. (laughs) So that's all I got. If there's any I nose need, experts out there, though, I mean, we've kind of pivoted off to basketball, but we'd love to nose more about yes, nose. Yes, nice. Yeah, is it yeah. the same? Is it cartilage? Is that what the ear is? Is that what the nose is? Because, like, noses do have different shapes. Like, this, but this like, is a shape, but I'm again, knocking, it's not a bone. Not I'm a bone. knocking the bridge of my nose like a door right now, and there is a <laughs> knock sound. I don't think that's cartilage, but again, I don't nose. <laughs> Uh, okay so we think phoenix will win the clippers valiant effort but ultimately well that's what i think gonna stay you think so too you think so too yeah i mean i every time i think i know what the clippers are gonna do they do the exact opposite Mm -hmm. it's frustrating to root against him i assume it's weird and frustrating and bizarre to root for them because Mm -hmm. they lose when they should win and they win when they should lose and there's seemingly no exceptions to that rule they right. go down 0-2 with Kawhi against dallas at home okay they're toast then they go on the road and they win they struggle against utah with Kawhi. he injures himself then they win without Kawhi. <laughs> they lose at home versus the suns okay so the suns are better then they go to phoenix and win there so i'm like I guess I think they'll win game six at home, so they'll probably lose. But now that I think that, maybe they're going to subvert that expectations and they'll win at home and lose game seven. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. You're better to just go for like hibernate for four days, five days. Just find out how this all ends because there's no predicting is the truth. I will say a humorous thing. I I saw that the Clippers were uh, 18 to one to win the championship before yesterday's game. Okay. And I put $20 on them to win 360 if the Clippers win the championship. Because I'm like, if this bizarre, wacky, crazy yes. Clippers season ends with yes. the championship, and I'm upset. At least I'll have $360. 360 <laughs> What a random this is, number. This will, like, that this will, will bring you joy. Blow. This, will yeah, so- yeah. this will solve my problems. <laughs> 18 to 1 before game 5 that the Clippers would win it all. Um, 20 So go Clippers, I guess. $20, I guess. exactly. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're moving east. Uh, Bucks are sort of in the same position as Phoenix. They are in control in the driver's seat. They've um, they're up three one. Yes, three one. Um, no, two one. Two one. Two one. They're up two one. They're going to go up three one if they win tonight in Atlanta. And Trey Young is also questionable with a bruised foot. Another injury you've had before. 
Point guards stepping on other people's feet is a low-key narrative of these playoffs. Kyrie stepping on Giannis, and then Trey Young stepping on referee X. Yeah. <laughs> referee he... X, man. <laughs> referee X, man. I Professor mean, Xavier. are we as fans allowed to be pissed at that ref? I know there was nothing malicious, just bad luck, but like, Yo, Trey was the most exciting narrative left in the playoffs for my money. And yeah. then you and yeah. then you get in his landing zone? You call that. You don't <laughs> do that. Well, he was standing out of bounds. Trey, for some reason, angled his leg so far back to start running that he's that he twisted his ankle on a ref. Yeah. Call me crazy, but referees should have the foresight to say, hey, I'm already a little too close to that guy. Oh, interesting. He took out Trey Young. He took out (laughs) Trey Young. It's a 2-1 series. This thing was alive before Trey went down. Hey, it's still alive now. The the Hawks are another team that I keep thinking are going to lose and keep pulling it out. They they shock the world. They beat uh, the Sixers since we spoke last. That... I feel like you you were a little bit early on the Hawks bandwagon. Was that before they beat the Knicks or after they beat the Knicks? Were you like, wow, this team is for real? I think when it really, well, I think when it really hit me was when they were going up against Philly pre-series and they had just waxed the Knicks so bad that I just saw all the talent. And the worst thing happened for Philly, which was that Ben Simmons remained Ben Simmons, if not worse version of Ben Simmons. So it was like, well, shit, now the just like waves of talent that Atlanta could throw upon you could really be a problem. And I think I said they could win like maybe two or three games, but it was hard to imagine them winning four, which is what they did. But they did. They're crumbling now. Bogey is less healthy. Trey is less healthy. And I kind of think the party's over. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to play 40 minutes every other day for weeks at a time you saw what happened to the nets like they just they they have an even less of a bench than atlanta did but durant you know at minute 52 of a overtime game seven mm-hmm. was running on pure fumes and you also like like after the clippers won yesterday it seemed like rachel nichols and everyone's first question was just like you guys have played 18 games in 36 days like how do you feel yeah. that must be insane but isn't that question more or less true for most of the teams in the nba Like, haven't most teams played an enormous amount of games in the last... I guess some have had playoff breaks, but ultimately, like, it's been a condensed season for everybody. I think for the... uh, The Clippers have had, because they've gone to seven games and then went to six games, they haven't had a day off, like, more Mm -hmm. than a day off in between games since the Mm -hmm. playoffs started. They've literally played every other day since game one (laughs) versus Dallas. Got seven it. games against Dallas, six games against Utah. Then that, that Utah series ended on a Friday night, and then they played uh, the Suns Sunday morning. So they, they I, should probably, I should probably adjust my sympathy meter yeah. a little bit. Like, <laughs> it's okay, a lot. my bad. Yeah. Yeah. But in, regarding the Atlanta injuries, I don't know if that's similar, like holds true. It just seems like they're just like having those tweaky, annoying injuries that a healthy Milwaukee team should just absolutely pummel. And yeah. also, Capella didn't play like. The last quarter of one of one of like the last the fourth quarter of one game, it's starting to feel like I don't know the heat that I was feeling that from them is starting to dissipate. Yeah, and if the Bucks win tonight, it's probably over. They're up three one, and they're going to Milwaukee for Game Five. Yeah, yeah. And if they win, uh, if they win tonight, odds are Trey Young is banged up. You know, because Trey Young's going to go tonight if he can go tonight. Yeah, he'll play on a on a bruised foot and a sore ankle, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He may ultimately cost like the, the team. Young, you know. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, so after after this playoffs, um, 
if you were to re-examine the Trey Young for Luka Doncic trade, which happened two years ago, and I don't know if you remember, but the Hawks also got a pick that turned into Cam Reddish in this deal. Hmm. So let's examine it as Trey Young and Cam Reddish, who hasn't played in a while, for mm-hmm. Luka Doncic. Are, do you think that trade is fairly even? Do you think the Hawks have now won that trade? Do you think Hawks fans care about not having Luka Doncic? Are they all in on Trey? Yes, I think that Hawks fans have officially gotten over that. I can't speak for them, but if I was them, I will have officially gotten over that. Um, yeah. Luca is a generational talent, but so is Trey. So yeah. is DeAndre <laughs> Ayton. So is DeAndre Ayton. Like the two dudes that like kind of get left in the dust in the conversation of Luca's draft are still yeah. in the NBA playoffs and like yeah. leading their teams in unprecedented ways. So look, Luca's amazing. He's a all their front office and coaches have just bounced. It seems like he might have more power than a 22-year-old should. Uh, Trey's culture <laughs> seems like people are really enjoying Atlanta. So I'm fine if I'm an Atlanta fan. I'm like, yo, we are on the rise. Yeah, it seems like they if they didn't win, it's close enough and they're having such a good time that it doesn't matter. Like, I don't think any Hawks fan is mad to have Trey Young. He's ridiculous. Fits the culture. Both teams fit the cultures of both organizations. I feel like yeah. D- D- Dallas has white Euros. Like, they've just, like, that's just who gets <laughs> the white Euros. It just is what that's it is. That's their shit. Yeah. Right. Who would you, like, if you're looking back on it, is Lucas still the clear number one? I think he is just because he's just by default taller and bigger, and that's mm. more helpful in the playoffs. Like, he can guard... Kawhi and Paul George maybe not well but like Trey Young you have to hot you the the Hawks put him on a, a player that just sits in the corner because he can't really defend anybody because you mm-hmm. know he's six feet tall and weighs less than you he's just happens to be a small guy that being said his offense make more than makes up for his defensive inability right now because he mm-hmm. is you know sometimes can go off for 40 and 10 and it just mm-hmm. is completely not um affected phased by road crowds he went into msg the loudest arena in the playoffs and loved just it. fucking iced everybody. loved it he loved <laughs> it. took a bow at the end of it yeah he loved it he yes. also i would argue makes his teammates so much better than luca makes his teammates luca may have 13 assists in the same like game but just gameplay and keeping everyone involved in like pick and rolls and everything and maybe that's also just the talent that trey young has but he makes his team better. And Luca feels like one of those like kind of old school players, like almost ISO at times, where it's just like me against the world, here we go. Right. And they, they it's funny that they're both point guards because they look completely different. Completely like one is just different. A small, crazy shooter. The other one is this huge, kind of laboring slow, almost like a Jokic type at point guard, but they play the same position. So who do you think regarding the point guard position of the future, which player looks like a better comp for what future point guards will look and play like? Do you think that they will be six, eight, six, nine magic Johnson, Luca types, or do you think they will be Steph Curry, Trey young types? My instinct is that for a couple of years, we might see Trey young like composites. Yeah. I mean, if you want to look at the opposite ends of the spectrum, it was the Hawks Sixers series where it was like, Trey young is the point guard of this uh, Hawks. Correct. Short can shoot from 38. Feet. Correct. And then Ben Simmons is the point guard of the Sixers. Six and he's ten. there too. <laughs> <laughs> can't quite shoot and is afraid to touch the ball. Mm. So those are like, mm-hmm. where do you want your point guard to land on that spectrum? Because it can't be any further. I'll tell you where I don't want it to land. I'll tell you where I don't want it to land. Yo, you want look, a, I'm not you saying. You think you want a healthy mix, I think. I had a 
Look, I got hammered in the over-under draft on this The Buckets podcast. I got hammered. I think I might have come in last or second to last. That's fine. Otherwise, I've had some pretty solid predictions throughout the course of this year. Or at least I've put my flag in the ground of certain thoughts that I've had. And one that I am ultimately most proud of is Ben Simmons ain't it. He ain't it. <laughs> Simple and, and don't plain. Think there's, well, it, he definitely got exposed in the playoffs. And you've been watching him all season. You're like, wait a minute. There's something wrong with this guy. That yes. I don't see how he can be the point guard of a championship team like everyone else does. And then he drives to the paint, that. has yeah. a layup, and he kicks. And he kicks every time. Yeah. Okay. So I remember you saying he doesn't, it's not that he shoots poorly. He, he does not shoot. Shoot. He doesn't shoot. He doesn't shoot. <laughs> And now, like, the narrative is Ben Simmons took three fourth quarter shots in the entire series. And it's yeah. like, welcome to the narrative <laughs> I've been saying for a while, folks. Like, what games have you been watching? He's zero for zero. And yeah. then, because he's afraid to go to the line where he's four of 14. I don't even know if it's fear at this point. Like, I am, I've, like, gone through, like, all cycles of, like, <laughs> is he sad? Is it grief? Is he depressed? Is he nervous? Is he self-conscious? At this point, I have no idea what he is or what he wants out of this game. But like, yeah. I don't know if it's Philly. I don't know if it's the Philly effect and you either got it or you don't. Like Markel Fultz also had some sort of like mental challenge. Well, the same, almost the same, like he was the number one pick, went to the Sixers, forgot how to shoot. And then like, yeah. oh, that was weird. Let's let's focus on, let's trade Fultz to uh, Orlando so we can focus on Ben Simmons. Right. Number one pick, went to the Sixers, forgot how to shoot. Are there like magnets under the floor <laughs> that are just like screwing with like frequencies? Whatever they, whatever it is, Joel Embiid does not get affected by that yes. at all. Yes. He's getting better. He's, he's vaccinated. What? He's, he's vaccinated. Pull up 20 footers, fadeaways. He's learning how to shoot. He's doing great. Right. We're loving Embiid in Philly, but for whatever reason, Fultz and now Simmons. So does Simmons need the same thing as Fultz? Does he need to go to basketball Siberia so he can focus on himself? I don't know anymore. Live in a city where people don't watch basketball. I, I don't know anymore. I don't know <laughs> if he wants to shoot. I don't know if he ever wants to shoot again. And if he doesn't want to shoot, then GMs have a real big question on their mind. Because like the like basketball podcast question right now is, what do you get if you trade Ben Simmons? What can you reasonably expect as like in return or whatever? Like who would ever take a $36 million point guard who refuses to shoot? So I ask you right. that question. What is his trade value? Does he stay with the 76ers? Uh, he definitely, I don't think he stays with the Sixers. We've seen the the cap of what the Sixers can do. I think the Sixers need to trade him for offense. So like trading him to Portland for like a CJ McCollum style player mm. seems to be a win-win. Portland needs the defense. They don't necessarily need offense because they have Dame. The Sixers need more shooting around MB. That seems to be like a good fit. I don't know if either of those teams want to do that trade, but that, that makes a lot of sense to me. If you are the, if you are the Blazers, you do that trade. You trade CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons. I think so because the the Blazers are kind of in the same situation as the Sixers where it's like, we see what this is. For six years in a row, we get to the playoffs and then we can't stop anybody and we lose in the first, second, sometimes third round, which is yeah. great. We're not yeah. knocking that. Yeah. But we can't stop anybody. And like Ben Simmons, for all of his 
offensive troubles is one of the best defense. He was a first or second team all defense this year. He's one of the best defenders and he's 22 and he's hyper athletic. And you know who else doesn't shoot a lot is Draymond Green. And nobody's saying, this guy can't shoot. Why is this guy passing and rebounding, but he can't fucking shoot the basketball? Well, he's next to the two greatest shooters of all time. My counter to why the Blazers uh, wouldn't do that. They don't need Ben Simmons because they already have Robert Covington. They're the same player, dog. (laughs) Six no, points, Covington is three five assists, eight rebounds, two steals. Simmons Six. is the three in the D without the three. Dude, you can get Robert Covington for $29 million cheaper. <laughs> they wish. The, the Sixers wish Ben Simmons shot as well as Robert Covington at all, ever. I think that um, the, the Warriors are the one home that actually makes sense, where it's like, oh, don't want to shoot. Well, you have the two greatest shooters in the world coming back next year. If you could do a yeah. Wiggins plus, Wiggins plus Ooh. picks or something like what that. A, what about a Simmons for Draymond swap? That's why they're literally getting a younger, um, probably a lot worse version of Draymond Green. But you know what? At least he's 22 and not, I don't know, 29. How old is Draymond? Imagine being a Philly fan and being like, yes, we finally got rid of that one guy who can't shoot. Who did we get? Well, we got this guy who plays with a backpack on. <laughs> Doesn't shoot. He's also good at defense. Yes. Yeah. At least he, yeah, sometimes he's on like NBA on TNT, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, he is very well spoken. He's a good dude. Whereas Ben Simmons, nobody wants to hear him talk either. No one has ever heard him talk, I don't believe. It's, it's weird to feel bad for this 23-year-old um, multi-multi-millionaire dating a supermodel who's living his dream in the NBA He's an all-star. And we're all like, I feel bad for this guy. He's, he's, he's shook. He can't shoot. He's got the yips. I'm like, you don't have to feel bad for him. I think he's, you think he's okay. He'll spend a summer working on his shot. And like model girlfriend, million dollars aside, like, I don't feel bad for him. I'm just looking at a basketball player right now. I'm looking at a basketball player, not play the game. Like that's, I feel bad for me watching this basketball player. It's like, why didn't he just dunk that ball? He was under the hoop. Why would you kick it out? Yeah, that was a well, very, that was, they really pointed in on that one because he, he thought he was going to get fouled and then the defender just didn't jump at all. So he looked really, really silly going up right. for a wide open dunk and then passing it off. How many text messages do you think Joel Embiid got throughout that series from his boys, from his friends <laughs> saying, yo, why doesn't Ben shoot? Like if I'm yeah. Joel Embiid, I'm irritated by having to answer that question on text threads. Yes, yes. That's that, And that's another reason why they're probably shipping Ben Simmons for the best package they can get. Remember when they probably could have gotten James Harden for him? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Sheesh. That seems yeah, like I do. a great upgrade for them. I think about <laughs> yeah, it. I do. Wow. You can, get, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can get James Harden. He's pretty good, offensively speaking. Yeah. Um, something that we haven't spoken about because it didn't happen was the Bucks nets series. Um before the series, I really thought the Bucks would win because they were the better complete team. They've played together. The Nets were sort of cobbled together, three superstars without much of an identity. And then after a few games, I realized that I was wrong. Fortunately, Kyrie got hurt. James Harden couldn't play. And the Nets still almost won, but the Bucks uh, ended up winning in seven. Correct. But the Nets, the Nets really changed my mind about how powerful it is to just have... Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and really it doesn't matter about anything. Doesn't else. matter. Yep, correct. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, because there are three, triple, like three headed monsters before. Even like the Bucks, we've talked about it, but it's like Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton. That's three like borderline all stars or all stars. 
Yeah. But then you talk about the level up to Durant, <laughs> Harden, and Kyrie. And it's like, yo, those are three of the five best players in the whole league. It's just so yeah. unfair. And they, if they stayed healthy, they they don't see a game six. They're winning most series 4-1 <laughs> every series. Like they're, they Durant were, alone almost did it. Like we forgot. Yeah, for real. And we forget like that like fancy play where Blake Griffin did like the behind the back and then they threw it off the backboard. Like they were just clowning out there when they were healthy. <laughs> yeah. But do you think their championship window is like closed? Like was that it? Or like do they no still way. have another year or two? <laughs> A year or two. They have as many years as those dudes agree to play together. They will be the championship favorite. Like at least three or four. No one's 30. old. Yeah, but they don't 30, play. Yeah. Outside of injuries, they haven't like... um they have their game hasn't been forced to like transition. None of them are playing over the rim. You know, they're all jump shooters who are just going to be firing. They're a problem. They're so, going to win the NBA championship next year. Yeah, they're your they're your title favorites next year for sure. Yeah, nearly a guarantee if they can keep everybody else there. I know Dinwiddie opted out, but he wasn't there all year anyway. They um, also have the luxury of reason. knowing like how those three play together and now building around them more. Uh, with like you, you now have like uh, you have instincts. It's like if these three now we know the like supporting players we actually need. You know. Yeah, I mean yeah. it was cool to see Kevin Durant do that stuff again. Um, yeah, was it game four or five where he played forty eight, had like nearly fifty points, and dominated an entire team by himself. It is funny how that was called the Durant game, and like I honestly couldn't tell you anything about it two weeks <laughs> later. <laughs> like I know <laughs> he played all the minutes. He had some big shots, but ultimately I couldn't really tell you what happened or what it did. Yeah. He had some crazy threes at the end that was like dagger threes. And then he almost did it again game seven, but he, his foot was on the line. Yeah. And it timed out really well for you and I because I was, well, at least for me, I was, uh, we're on a text thread with Marty, Marty Michael, yeah. and he was being very anti-KD just days prior. And then, and I was very pro-KD. And when he did that, it was just like, I could just sit pretty for a couple of days. I let my game do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean katie is so fucking good that he was doing all that stuff coming off of uh achilles injury like mm-hmm. he hasn't been healthy for two years and he's just like all right i'm back i'm playing 48 minutes which nobody does and i'm hitting Correct. everything that's right yeah when i think about the ad's of the world the Porzingis's of the world they clearly grew up wanting to be point guards and then they got too tall but they still yeah. have that instinct <laughs> and they get hurt a lot because they still like have those instincts to like do these like drives and things that maybe seven footers shouldn't do. Kevin yeah. Durant is the exception where he is still somehow a point guard at seven feet and he looks perfect doing it. Like he is a freak yeah. of nature and we all need to acknowledge he's one of the what seven greatest basketball players of all time. Yeah. Well, he's he's also got very tight handles for someone who's seven feet tall. Like I'm saying, y- you see, even Paul George is like kind of loosey goosey because he's like six foot nine and it's kind of easy to steal. That doesn't happen with Durant. Like he never like bobbles the ball. He never gets like his wallet stolen like that on a crossover for whatever reason. He's very, very, very tight. Maybe he stays low to the ground. He's hunched over a lot. I don't know. I think he's also real smart. And I think that a lot of the smart basketball players have that one little trick that we can't see from the cameras, but that absolutely frees a defender. You know, I think yeah. that he just has his bag of tricks so locked in that he can just score from anywhere on the court. He's also like much taller than everyone guarding him. So like, as like, as long as I can get to there, I'll right. jump up. And when I shoot the ball, the ball is already over 10 feet. So yep. like mm-hmm. nobody can, nobody can block. Like it, you don't so need to really be matter. here. You don't matter. Yeah. Like you are not <laughs> going to affect this whatsoever. <laughs> He's a cone man. Yeah. I so mean, you've played against mind about them. You've played against really good point guards and like people who can just like just 
be a blur and just get past you in a second. Imagine a seven foot man full speed charging at you being able to do that too. It's a, it feels like just all of the best basketball qualities rolled into one player and that player is the best. Yeah. I mean, I'm used to playing uh, against people who are more athletic or better at shooting than me, but I think people in the NBA are not quite used to that. So it's got to be kind of annoying to be like, I made it to the NBA. It took me so long to get here. And this guy is still so much fucking better than me. It's not. Imagine being Campazzo. Imagine being Campazzo and like finding yourself switched onto KD. And you're like, this is on. Come on. Time out. Just like time out, ref. I don't know. (laughs) Well, it was uh, PJ Tucker for most of it. And he's like one of the best defenders in the NBA. And he was doing a quote unquote good job. And again, it it doesn't matter because he's six foot six and Durant is not. And it, you know, he shoots over you. It was fun. I think they're both from this town called PG County, which is outside of D.C., and oh, wow. and he his mom uh katie's mom did you see this clip was yelling at pj Tucker. yes amazing i thought that was because they went to texas they both went to the same school are they also from the same hometown i thought they were both from pg county maybe i'm wrong there but if it was te- the texas connection his yeah. mom starts yelling at pj tucker during a free throw this is basketball yeah. not football <laughs> and she's real pissed and then he looks over to her smiles and says i love you and she says <laughs> she pulls down her mask and she says I love you too, baby. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> the best. Yeah. The it's best. like for them, it, it's like a little league game for them, but it happens to be game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals. That's right. And kudos to PJ Tucker. He wrestled them. He wrestled them down to a loss. He wrestled the yes. Kevin Durant down to a loss. Not easy. They needed Harden to be completely um, limited and they needed Kyrie to literally not play. By the way, Kyrie was on the bench. So shout out to Kyrie Irving. I know, yep. uh, in uh, in Boston, game seven yeah, against the Cavs. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he did because he was getting a nose job. As someone who's gotten a nose job, there's plenty of days on the calendar. Like not game yeah, seven. He could have rescheduled, right? Right. Um, okay. Last uh, last question that we haven't really talked about. Um, this year's championship. Let's say it is a what it's trending towards: Milwaukee versus Phoenix. Is this a quote-unquote asterisk and or funky season that'll, like, in a few years be like, that was weird the year, like, Phoenix won? Or is it like, um, no, I mean, Milwaukee's one of the best teams in the NBA, and maybe this is the first of many titles, and we won't really consider it an asterisk season. I think that Dix will say it's an asterisk season. I think that people who are generally salty and looking for just, like, conflict will call it an asterisk season. They'd be wrong. In my opinion, they'd be wrong. (laughs) The players because. played within the confines of what was presented to them, and yeah. one team did better than all the rest. And that's how you win a championship, simple and plain. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't think the Lakers, that was an, I don't think the bubble was an asterisk. They were asked to play in this bubble environment. They were better prepared, had better talent, and they won that year's championship. You know, the whole asterisk thing to me always feels just like fodder for shitty debate. It's like, yeah. to, to what end? This was the year. I think we will remember this season as the year where a lot of guys went down because it was a compressed schedule. Whether or not that yeah. makes it a fake season, I don't <laughs> think so. Right. I mean, just being healthy is a, a skill in and of itself. So it's sure. like, one of the skills is scoring a lot. The other skills is playing defense a lot. And the third skill is not being injured. And right. the Bucks, for all their minutes, Giannis has played all, uh, every game. Middleton's played every game. Holiday's played every game. They had mm-hmm. an injury. Uh, DiVincenzo got hurt and they were able to continue to win ball games if they mm-hmm. win the championship. And it also like seasons like this also show the totality of a team where it's like your strength and conditioning like coaches need to be elite. They need to come up with a, a new game plan. 
that's completely unprecedented for your team to try and stay healthy throughout the season. Your coaches need to coach differently. There was like so much rest on back-to-backs that we just started taking for granted. Everyone had to modify their game plan to the rules of this game, this season's game. And to that, I say, you deserve a championship if you guys did it the best, you know? So yeah, I'm not a big asterisk guy personally. I mean, like the Raptors two years ago, are we we can almost start to look back on that did that feel like a a weird non uh normal championship because kd got hurt and then clay thompson got hurt are we already poo-pooing on the raptors or like no that was amazing they did it they won fair and square and just i mean it it would be a fun buckets game amir for you and i to go through the past 25 championships of the nba and put an asterisk on each of them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because we could create it. we could create some reason, sort of narrative yeah. yeah exactly why i was like yeah but yeah but right. it's like yeah. we could say for every year that the warriors won it was like yeah but they had the two greatest shooters in the league so that gets an asterisk right. and then yeah, they got exactly. kd so two more asterisk <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh, so um so who do you think would win a fully healthy championship um if no player got injured this year who do you got in the finals and then who do you have winning I would have Boston versus Detroit. Oh, excuse me, not Boston. <laughs> Boston <laughs> versus Detroit. <laughs> Somehow two Eastern Conference teams come out. Brooklyn. I would have That's Brooklyn. I would have Brooklyn fully healthy, probably against the Lakers fully healthy. Wow. So it's kind of like what everybody was predicting slash thinking would happen anyway. The best players usually play in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be hard to say that anybody would, like, Brooklyn almost beat Milwaukee, who's going to the uh, championship probably, mm-hmm. uh, without two of their best three players. So you mm-hmm. would think that Brooklyn would get there just by sheer, um, like, For the, con- the math of it all. Yeah, yeah. the conversation we just had, like, pretty much says that we both think that they were the, the best in the East. The Lakers... Yeah. I mean, it just sucked. It just sucked. You got injured at the wrong time. Like you're too, you are predicated on a two star system, and both of those stars were hobbled. And yeah, you know, that'll sink and your And we battleship. still, we still almost, we were up two one against Phoenix, which is like something that no team has done since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys were, you guys were products of bad luck. Ultimately, that's really what. And it what was. It, And what about Phoenix and Utah? You you were kind of high on them, but are you? I had them Not in the Western Conference Finals. That's who I yeah. had picked. Like, you and I are in a bracket league, and uh, I picked those two. I was disappointed by Utah. I had them in the finals, as a matter of yeah. fact, this year. They just seemed like, yeah. to me, it's, it felt like knowing that the Lakers were hurt, it was going to be team ball that wins it. Most teams had it, but I thought that the Suns and the Jazz. So I think that the Brooklyn Nets were the best team and should have and could have won the championship this year. I think now, and I'm pretty sure you have money on it, so I'm happy to report that I believe the Milwaukee Bucks will probably win it all. Yes. Can I cash that out or do I have to wait till they actually win? I'll give you the money. No problem. Yeah, I'll just find Amazing. Money. I don't know if that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, those, they were six to one before the Nets series when I bet on them. Uh, and now they're, I think, favorites. They're, yeah. Uh, m- might even be even money or minus money to win the championship because they, they're probably going to, if they win the next two games, they'll have like a week off too to rest up before playing. Do you think they'll, last question, do you think, the Bucks will be favored if they win against any team that they play out West. Hmm. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, you think I the do. Bucks will be favored against Phoenix or the Clippers? Before game one, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. I think that the Suns would give them a better matchup. Because I think that yeah. there's three stars against three stars. And then I think that it's just a bench game and the Suns have a better bench. But Giannis, 
you know. Yeah, the best player is usually favored in a series, unless it's yeah. like LeBron versus a super team. Yeah, or Chris Paul just proves that the smartest player does. So that's uh, it would be a really fun watch, I think. Also, I don't know if the Suns are getting as much respect as the Bucks are because the Suns, like, they kind of, the the injuries broke their way. Like, when AD got hurt, they beat the Lakers, and then they played the, the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, and they dispensed mm-hmm. of them. Kudos to them for sweeping, of course. You still have yeah. to win. And yeah. then they were in a dogfight against uh, the Clippers when Kawhi got hurt. So yeah. they haven't necessarily played a fully healthy team yet. So No, they haven't. Which, which isn't to make... say they can't beat the Bucks, but they probably won't be favored against the Bucks. Yeah, but I will. I have to give them credit where it's due. Like, yes, the ball bounced their way in terms of other teams' injuries, but they have also played really good ball. Like four yep. quarters of basketball most games. They haven't had those like eight-minute droughts. Like they've really found different ways of keeping the gas pedal down. So, you know. They played against hobbled teams, but they, like to your point, they have took care of business. That one game was crazy where they couldn't make anything and the Clippers couldn't make anything. The final score was 84 to 80. I think I saw that. it was the lowest, lowest points scored for a team that won this season mm-hmm. was 84 I that, to 80. <laughs> I saw that same stat. I saw that same yeah. stat. Yeah. And it's like Chris Paul's coming out of COVID right now. This will be his third game post COVID. Hopefully he starts getting his sea legs back, but, um, you know, he was like shooting like 33% in his first two games back. So yeah. I think that he he's only going to tighten up too. I like Suns. Yeah, I like Suns Bucks. Did he confirm that he had COVID or was he like cagey about it? He, I don't think that he ever said he had it. Everyone seems to talk like he had it. Like it wasn't just yeah. health and safety <laughs> protocols. And there was that one cryptic Shams tweet that was like, over the past 186 days, <laughs> one player got COVID. And it was like the same <laughs> day where Chris Paul was like, out for health and safety. It was like, shady. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say who it was? Maybe it was fucking Abdel Nader. We don't know. Cliff Paul. Yeah, sure. It's Chris yeah. Paul and a mustache who got COVID, right? Uh, all right, sweet. We got uh, we got through a lot. We caught up. We uh, prognosticated the future. We know who's going to win now. Um, so we don't have much to talk about until an actual champion is declared or this final series um, gets intense. I'm I'm hoping for Buck Suns as well. Yeah, I think that's the matchup most fans should want. Is you think that's bad for the NBA? Small markets, weird teams, no stars. It's been a weird season. Let's give them a weird finals. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give the fucking Chris Middleton finals MVP that we all deserve to see. <laughs> no one will remember it in three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So where else could people hear you? You can hear me on No Joke Podcast. Also on this, the HeadGum Network. Uh, new episodes every Friday. So give it a check out. Hell yeah. Check that out. And uh, thank you guys to listen- for listening to this episode. We'll be back soon enough. Ciao, everybody. Bye-bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.